The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Good morning. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you so much, Kathleen. I want to invite us to pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be able to, to rest, to be able to, to know that you are good, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would um, remove any distractions that would be um, during this time, Lord, and help us to focus on you and you alone. Father, we thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Thank you guys again so much. Um, one of the things that Jesus says in his ministry, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and, and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And I know for a lot of us, uh, some of you guys who are watching, whether it's on a TV or it's on a computer screen or on your phone, um, it's easy to get distracted with so many things going around. Maybe you have kids running around or animals chasing each other or you're getting notifications as you're trying to watch this. But if you get anything out of this message, my hope for you guys is this, that, that you would know that Jesus' rest is more important than your work. Jesus' rest is more important than your work. Over the past couple of weeks, and even next week, we've been going through this series called Homeward, and we've been talking about cultivating a home that would reflect Christ, that would honor God with our kids, uh, the way that we do life at home, uh, whether it's with our spouses or if you're by yourself and being able to cultivate that within your own home. And then uh, our next sermon series, which is going to be bigger than just a sermon series, we're going to talk about share life and being able to share Christ not only in our homes, but also in our community and in our workspaces over and over and over again for 40 days. And it's going to be incredible. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do. But today we're going to talk a little bit about cultivating um, a, a rhythm of rest. And to be honest, uh, I can keep talking about how 2020 has been really hard and really tough for us and how uh, maybe the reason why COVID-19 has come into this world is for God to show us that uh, Americans just need to slow down, right? It's easy for me to try and say that, but to be honest with you guys, I really think that's a load of you-know-what. Honestly, I... I feel like with 2020 and everything that has happened with it, I have been uh, more stressed, more anxious, more tired, uh, more, you, you name it, right? Uh, less excited, less creative in my space. And to be honest with you, I am just tired. I don't know about you guys, but I, I am so tired of COVID-19. Honestly, I'm kind of tired of 2020 already, and it's only September. We still have three months left. I, I'm tired of not seeing my friends. I'm tired of having to change my plans uh, for whenever uh, things like weddings or special events or even conferences were happening and they're no longer happening. 
I I'm tired of Zoom meetings. Can I get an amen in the comments section right here? I am so tired of being online and, and repeating myself saying, excuse me, uh, your mic is muted, right? Uh, I I'm tired uh, of going into public spaces and being worried if someone around me has COVID or if I'm going to get COVID myself. I I'm tired of, of having to walk across a parking lot only to turn around and walk back to my car because I forgot my face mask yet again. And I'm so tired of all the political unrest and, and seeing things in the media and being worried if I'm going to end up being a statistic in the media like everyone else is. I am so tired of being tired. I'm so tired of being tired. And, and what Kathleen just read, as we go back into the text, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and they are discussing and talking about the Sabbath. And what Jesus does is that he hyperlinks his experiences from back to the Old Testament when David is running for his life from King Saul. And he's running for his life, and he ends up in a place called Nob. And he ends up going to this priest, and, and he has his friends that are trying to protect him around him, and they're trying to support him. But they go into this place, and this priest what ends up happening, they give him this, call, this bread of presents that was taken from the altar that is only lawful for priests to eat. And yet David eats it because, because he's scared for his life, he's anxious, and he's tired. I don't know if you felt like that before, but, but as Jesus kind of reflects on that from the Old Testament and then connects it to the Pharisees, he says this. He says, humans weren't created for the Sabbath. But in fact, the Sabbath was created for humans. And I think this is important for us when we talk about cultivating a rhythm of rest at home because uh, we have to understand what this Sabbath and where it comes from. So if you go all the way back into the very beginning, God had taken the Israelites out of Egypt, which we call the Exodus, and they brought them into the wilderness. And God was then connecting with Moses, who was his intercessor for all the people of Israel. And he says, look, I'm going to be faithful to you and your people, Israel, and I want you guys to be faithful to me. It was a commitment that he was going to make to his people, and it was kind of going to be like a marriage ceremony for them. And so what God ended up saying, he's like, look, there are going to be some vows that I want us to be able to be on board with for all of us together. And these vows are going to be these expectations that I want you guys to follow in order for you guys to be faithful to me. And these vows that we know of today are called the Ten Commandments. So he's like, um, I don't want you to murder people. Um, you probably shouldn't sleep with anyone else other than your spouse. Uh, I don't want you to steal. Um, I don't want you to follow after false gods. And I want you to bear my name and not to use it in vain. And, and one of these vows that God uh, shares with Moses and shares with the rest of the Israelites is this, this uh, vow that we get from Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your own towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You see, what God did was he was setting up a design pattern for us as humans. He already knew that we were going to need rest. 
He already knew that we were going to need a time to be able to stop from our work and to be able to be reminded of who we are and whose we are in God. And he wants us to be able to rest. He gives that rest for us. But oftentimes, we don't like to say, take that rest. Sometimes we like to just dismiss God and just say, you know what, I'm too busy to be able to do this. God, do you know what's even in my schedule for this week? I have so much. If I don't get this done, then this will happen. Do you know my kids' schedules? Do you know how often they have to go to practice or they have to go to rehearsal on a regular basis throughout the week? I don't have time to rest. But the reality is that the moment that we deny rest from God is the moment that we deny the image of God because we were made in his image. The moment that we neglect that is the moment that we take God's vows and we shove it right in his face. And the problem with our culture today is that we as Americans have a problem with rest. In fact, we as a church have a problem with rest. And we can see it from two sides, right? Either we can see rest as a commodity, something that we rarely get a chance to be able to do, and when we do it, we end up doing it wrong. Or we see rest as an idol that, that we idolize and we end up being selfish about. And we're going to talk about these two and break it down a little bit. So let's start with rest as a commodity. We will work ourselves until we are blue in the face and are literally crippling our bodies with things like stress, anxiety, caffeine, alcohol, sex, social media, work, emails, you name it, right? And the moment that we end up finding rest or going on something like vacation, we have no idea how to rest well. And maybe you've been like me when you're on vacation and you're just relaxing and maybe you're on the beach and you're just kind of hanging out and you realize, I don't know what to do. And so maybe you're thinking about some of the things that you experienced back before you went on vacation and, and maybe you're like, maybe I'll just check my email just once. And, th and then you check your email and you have 27 emails and immediately you get stressed. Or maybe when uh, you go on vacation, and this has happened to me before, you have the best week of your life, the best couple of days, and as soon as you get back, that next week after is the worst week ever because you are filled with stress and anxiety and anger and frustration, and you're taking it out on your spouse or your kids or your coworkers and all of this stuff. We, we don't know how to rest well. Did you know that it takes four days for your body to recover for every hour of sleep that you miss. Four days for your body to recover for every one hour of sleep that you miss. That means that our bodies are constantly trying to catch up with us to be able to find physical rest. Now, let's switch subjects. Let's go, let's go to uh, the second one where we look at rest as an idol. You see, we would rather do nothing for ourselves than do something for our neighbor. I think too often of when I was in high school, and I love this because my mom is watching. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to do all these different extracurricular activities. I used to play football. I was doing all of this other stuff in clubs. And, and finally, when the week was over, and I know that high schoolers are even more busier now than, than ever, whenever you hang out on the weekend and you just want to sleep in and you want to eat unhealthy and you want to snack and you want to play video games and hang out, but the moment that my mom wanted me to do something, immediately I just got frustrated and angry because I was like, no, this is my time to rest, to relax, to do absolutely nothing. And even now in 2020, whenever I have a day off, I'm so excited to just be able to do whatever I want to do, right? If I want to work out, I can do that. If I want to go shower and then hang out on the couch and binge watch Netflix shows that I haven't seen all week, then I, I can do that, right? But, but the moment that my wife gets home, 
I realize that I haven't done the dishes or, or folded the laundry, maybe not even washed clothes. See, I'd rather do things for, for myself, rather do nothing for myself than do something for my neighbor or my spouse or someone else. Rest as an idol. And these two ideas, rest as an idol and rest as a commodity, all boil down to this one idea, that we don't know what it's like to rest the way that God intended for us. We don't know what it's like to rest the way that God intended for us. Okay, so if we look at the way that the world rests, and, and we've tried that before, and that's not working, let's take a step back and look at the biblical side of rest, what that word Sabbath means as we break it down. Okay, so we're going to learn a little bit of Hebrew today, and it's going to be helpful for us as we start to cultivate and, and try to reimagine what our life will look like if we were to rest in God. So that word rest actually has two words in Hebrew that are used in the Bible. So the first word is going to be the word Shabbat. Everybody, I want you guys to say Shabbat at your homes. Say it, Shabbat. There we go. Even Pastor Josh said it. <laughs> Shabbat means literally to stop. Stop completely. So whatever you were doing, whenever you Shabbat, you are stopping that one thing that you were doing, right? So this was taken all the way in the very beginning of creation when, when God was creating, and in six days, and then on the seventh day, it says, God Shabbat. God stopped. He stopped creating, right? And I think this is so important for us to be able to, to cultivate a home that rests because, because we need to be able to stop and recognize the opportunities for us to be able to stop. When we stop, we actually get an opportunity to see what God has showing us around us. We get an opportunity to, be, to recognize what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in other people's lives as well. And the truth is, is that we cannot rest in Jesus if we keep going. We cannot rest in Jesus if we keep going. Okay, so the first word is stop, Shabbat, okay? The next one, this is a little bit more trickier. The word is nuach. Everybody say nuach. There you go. You have to kind of, you got to ha when you kind of say it, okay? The word nuach means to settle in, okay? And the best way for me to describe on how to settle in is I, I want everybody to close your eyes. And the screen's going to go black just so that you guys can focus and you're not looking at me, okay? So I want you guys to close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you guys to imagine the very first time that you moved into the home that you're in right now. So whether it's your house, your apartment, your Airstream, whatever it looks like. And just imagine all of those boxes that you, you've had to move in, and maybe you had your friends help you, or maybe you had uh, someone that, that you paid to move all your stuff, or you just ended up doing it yourself. And, and you finally took a look around at your space, and, and you were looking at things that needed to get done, and you just kind of took a breath in, and you were like, okay, let's, let's get to work. And so you're starting to unpack boxes. Maybe you're putting utensils and plates away in your kitchen. And maybe you start uh, painting your walls because that needs to be done. Or, or maybe redoing some different areas in, in different rooms or redoing bathrooms or whatever that looks like. And, and things are starting to come together, right? And then, then you want to start getting some of the big pieces in. So you start moving your couch right into the, the perfect position, right where it aligns perfectly with your TV. And you're like, ah, that's, that's it. That's the spot, right? 
And then you start keep going and putting things away and start setting things up. And maybe you're hanging up pictures and, and you're setting things up. And then you decide to make the mistake of, to go to Ikea, which is pretty much like an adult Lego store. And you end up buying some stuff and you bring it to your house. And then you immediately regret that you have to put it all together. And then you're putting all that stuff together. And then you realize that you have uh, way too many uh, materials that they gave you or too little materials. And then you get frustrated, but you put it up anyways and it's all set up. And then you decide to go to Marshall's and you start buying all the succulents, but they're fake succulents, but it looks like something's living inside of your home. And then you're putting all this stuff together and and then all of a sudden you take a step back and for the first time you see this new place as your home. And so after the, the next couple of days or weeks or months, however long it takes for you to set this up, you're sitting with your family and you're too tired to, to make food in your kitchen, so you end up ordering Chinese or, or Mediterranean food or whatever food you like. And you finally get a chance to sit down on your couch and you're enjoying it with your kids or, or your, your spouse. And you finally look around and you're just processing and you're settled in. Okay, open your eyes. That's what it means to settle in. And what's amazing about settling in is that God didn't just stop on the seventh day, but God settled into his creation. God didn't just create and then go back home up to heaven to take a nap for the day and come back. No, God, God settled himself into what he created. That, that same almighty, all-majestic, all-glorifying presence of God that walked with Adam and with Eve in the garden, is the same power, same majesty, same all-powerful, majestic glory that Jesus had with his disciples when he's walking through these fields. And it's the same all-powerful, all-majestic, all-glorifying spirit that was hovering over the face of the waters in the beginning of creation, that was hovering over the waters of your baptism that still lives in you and me today. God has settled in with us. And resting in Jesus means to stop and settle in with what God is doing. Now, that's, that's all really great stuff, right? That's, that's awesome. We, we just went through three scripture readings. We went through uh, learning two Hebrew words. We talked about how America is messed up and how we're doing rest wrong. But AJ, what's next? I don't, I don't know what to do next. Great. We're going we're gonna to talk about what it means for us to cultivate a home that rests. And the first one is to stop. That we would find time and reprioritize our time to be able to find moments for us to stop. That, that we have to remove those distractions in our lives that are keeping us from spending our relationship with God in a very intimate way. So if it's your phone, maybe it's setting it to do not disturb mode, or maybe it's putting it away in, in a shelf or in a drawer or whatever it is. If it's your laptop, maybe it's closing it so you keep from having to read emails. If it's uh, music, maybe it's setting it to worship music. Maybe it's putting it on low. Maybe it's turning your music off. If it's your kids, then I- I'm sorry. I don't know how to, I'm, just, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding there. No, maybe it's finding time in your, in your daily rhythm or your weekly rhythm when your kids are asleep or they're at school, or even better, it's inviting your kids to join you in this regular rhythm of, of stopping with God, All right? And then the next thing is settling in. This one I think we don't talk about as much. But when I think of settling in, I think of when, when Chrissy and I get home from work and we are just completely exhausted. 
And when we get a chance to be able to sit on the couch and, and we're connecting and we're sharing about our day, maybe we're processing really great things that happened or really terrible things that happened, and, and just getting a chance to grow in each other's relationship with each other. And, and maybe that looks like just battle planning for dinner, trying to figure out what that looks like. Sometimes it takes more than 30 minutes. Um, but it's getting a chance to be able to grow in relationship. But, but we can do that with God. God wants to know about your day. God wants to hang out with you and your kids and your spouse. He wants to be able to have a chance to be able to grow in relationship with you. And he wants you to grow in relationship with him to know who he is. Because the truth of the matter is that, that God loves you. And God gave his son to die for you. And God gave you this incredible gift that we call rest. But not only does God love you, God actually likes you. God actually wants to spend time with you. And so what does that look like for you? Being able to stop and settle in to share in that relationship. I'll share something that I do on a, on a regular basis. I started doing this about a year and a half ago, which has been an incredible journey for me, but I, I don't always follow it because I, I still have, I still go through life and I'm still a sinner like you. And, and, and so I go through daily rhythms of just waking up around 6.45 or 7 o'clock. And, and I actually got this from a pastor that was preaching um, a while back. He's a little bit over 70. And he said when he was 25, he had started doing this rhythm that, that before he would feed himself physically, that he would feed himself spiritually. Like before he would even open up the cereal or, or toast his toast, whatever it was, that he would spend time with God first. And, and that completely transformed my viewpoint, because he's been doing that for 50 years. And I thought, what, what would that look like if I did that every day? And so, so every morning, what I do is I, I get up, and I make a cup of coffee, and my cat usually hangs out with me, um, probably because he wants to get fed. But I've been going through uh, three chapters every day, and I've been following a, a Bible reading plan as well. And it's been really helping me. I've been in the book of uh, Ezekiel, and I don't know if you can see, but I try to highlight um, it's probably too bright over here, but I try to highlight different promises of God. And I try to highlight just different opportunities to be able to grow in faith. And I usually spend about 30 minutes of time just being in God's word and taking time to pray. Now, this is not something that not everybody should do or can do, um, but there are different rhythms for different people. That's just one way to be able for me to stop and to settle in with what God is doing. And then I talk to God and I share in my experience, just tell him about my day, battle planning out what's going to happen, uh, praying for people that I'm going to interact with, sharing some of the things that have been kind of my thoughts and my minds. And it's just an opportunity for me to be, to be real with God and for me to hear um, how he's forming me into his image more so. And so those are opportunities for you guys to be able to learn and to stop and settle in with what God is doing. I mean, think about the impact that we can have on our families if we learn to get into a daily or weekly rhythm of rest. Think about the conversations that would change as you are talking with your spouse or, or sharing with your kids. Maybe, maybe instead of fighting with your spouse, you're fighting for your spouse. Maybe instead of having an attitude when you go into work, maybe it's having a, a restful mind point and thinking, how can I continue to, to share the love of God with my, my friends, my coworkers, and my neighbors? How, is there someone that I've been talking to lately that, that's in a huge need that I can care for or pray for or pray with? Think about the impact that Acts can have as a church if we learn to rest well. Because if we learn to rest well, we can learn to work well. 
And we have to be reminded of that same promise that Jesus continues to give to us. Come to me, all who are weak and weary and and tired and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for rest for our families. Father, for those that are they're sitting at home, Lord, and feel like that they can't get a handle on life or feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you would remove that weight and give them rest. Lord, I pray for opportunities for us to be able to reprioritize our time throughout the week to be able to stop, to remove any distractions that are getting in our way with you, Lord, and be able to settle in, not just, not just read your Bible or not just to show up on Facebook and get a, get a view on Facebook, but God, for us to be able to settle in with what you are doing, God. Lord, help us to be able to cultivate a home that rests. Because when we rest well, Lord, we can work well as well. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.